0: This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast and thank you so much for tuning in today. Pastor Corey has started a new series called Toxic People. And today he is here with the message called Show Me Your Fruit. We hope you enjoy today's words. Jehovah Jireh, you are, Ah, God. God, I thank you that your resume, it is impeccable and you've never made a bad decision. So we put our trust and our hope in a God that will never fail. Father, now I pray over the next few moments that this word will invade our hearts, Father, that you will get in our business, Father, that that you will help us to not see others, but help us to see ourselves, and that we might leave here better for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, put those blessed hands together. <laughs> Most of the church is watching online. I got my phone up and so I can see who's online. I see you, Sister Anitha. Can we um thank God for her? I see Sister Andrea. I see Sister Kimberly Kissy. I see your Bianca Wilburn. I see Sister Carla. Come on. Can we thank God for our online family? Since we've closed the church and what you hear is simply volunteers and leaders here that are assisting and trying to make our Sunday's morning still happen, if you could do me a favor, I know we're not um, here physically, but we're online virtually. If you uh, are watching the live or watching the stream, I am going to ask something for you. I just want you to go down to that little button in the corner on the left-hand side, and I just want you to share this with somebody. I believe my purpose is to help as many people as I can into wellness, into wholeness. And I believe that today's message is going to add value to somebody's life on this morning. So as we help people, we want to share the message, amen? We want to share the message of the gospel with other people. Somebody said, I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where the bread is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah this ain't got nothing to do with me I'm just trying to tell you where the bread is in the bread of life is is here a G is so happy I'm so happy and excited to be in the house of the Lord with you and I'm so stoked and I'm pumped to kick off another series with y'all how many of y'all enjoyed recovery rehab I think Recovery Rehab was probably my favorite series that I've preached thus far. And I've been preaching since I was 18, and I'm 32. So I think that was my favorite. But I believe this next series is, again, going to add value and be a blessing to your life. We're starting a a sermon series entitled Toxic People, Healing from Unhealthy People. I believe this is something that God has been speaking to my heart. And he wants to give us a revolution in the area of our relationships. So if you're with me, and uh, if you're standing, could we go to the word of God? I actually have two scriptures that we're going to go to. The first scripture we're going to go is Galatians 522. Galatians 522. And then Mark chapter 11. Galatians 5, 22, and then Mark chapter 11, verse 12. So, since I got my church online, I, I need my, my e-church and church online. I need y'all to holler back at your boy. <laughs> yeah. need y'all to talk to your pastor. So, I'm going to be reading your comments so I know that what I'm saying is resonating with your hearts. We are a call and response church. You know, we're not, we're not going to high five our neighbors no more. COVID done took that. (laughs) But you can type in the chat and give me some preach pastors and things of that nature. So I know that I'm, that the message is resonating with your heart. Galatians 522. And it reads, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things there is no law. Okay? Would you go down to Mark chapter 11, verse 12? And it reads, the next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. It is my assignment this morning to kick off this sermon series of toxic people, healing from unhealthy people with this subject title today, show me the fruit. (laughs) Don't, Don't tell me the fruit. Show me the fruit. Could you type in the chat, show me the fruit? Bless God as you take your seats, put those hands together. Show me the fruit. Family, it was Howard Thurman who stated and I quote, there are two questions that we have to ask ourselves. And that is the first question where am I going? And the second question is, who will go with me? The first question, where am I going? It speaks to purpose. Somebody say purpose. Be- because life can be extremely difficult if you do not realize where you're going. What what purpose is. You have in life. But once you discover your purpose, then it leads to the second question. And that is, who will go with me? Which speaks to partners. Somebody say partners. Somebody write that down in the chat. Somebody say partners. Because hear me, purpose has partners. That you were never meant. To accomplish anything here on the earth alone, that, that we can dismiss this this cultural colloquialism that we that we've come up with can can I just can we just do away with it right here and right now this this phrase that I can do bad all by myself. It sounds so good, and it might feel good when you say it. But the truth of the matter, according to the word of God, you need somebody in life. If you're going to get to where God is taking you, we, we, we see this in Genesis chapter two, verse 18. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone, that I will make him a helper that's suitable for him. That, that when God, when he, uh, when this, when he f- fleshed out this scripture, God wasn't just talking romantically, he was talking relationally. Because we take this scripture and, and we automatically start thinking about a husband or a wife. And we people would then begin to treat marriage like it's a privilege and singleness, like it's a punishment. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me online. Okay. All right. Um, but I want you to see this morning before God gives Adam, watch this, a partner, he gives him purpose. Ah. I'll say it one more time. Before he gives Adam a partner in Eve, he gives him purpose. What do you see this? This is right here in the text in Genesis chapter two, verse 15. It says the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to work and take care of it. Before he gave him a boo, he gave him a job. I'm not going to bother that. I'm not going to bother that. Y'all not, y'all not ready for that. But before he gave him a help me, he gave him something he can help himself with. I, I'm trying I'm try not to bother that. And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 19, watch this. It says, now the Lord God formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his, its name. He says, I not only am I going to give you a job to take care of everything in Eden, now I want you to name all the animals. He said, now I need you to do this. Now I need you to do that. What is, he, what is God doing? He is giving him purpose. But here it is. You have to understand this particular point. This is critical because purpose precedes partners. I'll say it one more time. Purpose precedes partners. And one of the ways that the enemy keeps us entangled with the wrong people Time after time, year after year, is is by making us ignorant of our purpose. So we got to get clear on our purpose because you can't go another year ignorant of what God has put you on this earth to do and who he's called you to be. Somebody say, I got to get clear. I got to get clear. I got to get clear. I got to get clear on my purpose because purpose picks my partner's. I got to get clear, you got to, because whatever you're ignorant in is the area you're going to suffer in. Y'all got to take notes. Y'all got y'all to take notes real quickly because I'm moving. I'm moving, so I'm going to be uh, uh, throwing out some scriptures. So if y'all ain't moving fast enough, y'all can go get the replay. But I, I, I got to move because let me say it again. Whatever area you are ignorant in is the area you're going to suffer in. hmm no, no, no. Somebody used to say ignorance is bliss. Mm-mm. Ignorance ain't bliss. No, no. Ignorance is a burden. Because whatever area you're ignorant in is the area you'll suffer in. What do we see this? In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Let's, Let Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He says, and so when we're ignorant in the area of our purpose, we're going to suffer relationally because it's hard to know who you need to pick if you don't know your purpose. Ah. And as a believer, purpose should pick your partners. Can I ask you a question this morning if you're a believer and follow Christ? Can I ask you this question? Is purpose picking your partners? Or you are. <laughs> Let me talk to somebody online. Yeah, yeah, come here, Sister Nikki. Nikki May. I, I, is purpose picking your partners, or is your flesh is? <laughs> because also, as a believer, watch this. Not only should purpose pick our partners, what we got to know about purpose as a believer, we have a universal purpose. In a specific purpose. Can I unpack this a little bit? Can I help y'all? So, so what does that mean? That means as a believer, we all have a universal purpose. For example, the Bible says that we're commended and we're called to love one another as God loved us. That's universally for every believer across the globe. The Bible also says that we should love our enemies. I knew it was going to get quiet right there. Because oftentimes we don't feel like loving our enemies. But it wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment for every believer. Somebody say universal. Universally, we're all called to produce fruit. As we read in Galatians 522, right? We're all meant to produce love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so, and then, there is a specific purpose in calling God places on your life. And that is based off, watch this, how God wired you. That is based off your passions. That is based off your giftedness. So, questions like, what would you do for the rest of your life if you didn't have to get paid to do it? Helps you to answer your purpose. Questions like what breaks your heart and makes you cry? Or breadcrumbs that lead you to your purpose. Um, Even doing something as practical as a disc personality to see how God wired you, helps lead you to your purpose. And some of us, we got to get clear, not just better on our universal purpose, but we got to get clear on our specific purpose on on what God has called us to do and who he's called us to be. And that takes some time. Pastor, how did you you walk into your purpose? I've just now become so clear on my purpose. I know that my purpose in life is to help as many people as I can into wellness and wholeness. I didn't always know that. I didn't know. I didn't always know that that I would do that not only from behind the desk, but I would do that on a stage with a microphone. But God gave me some early breadcrumbs that would let me lead it. How do I know? When I was a young boy, I used to always talk about people preaching. I would sit there and I would tell my mama after church that pastor is born. That preacher was born. He didn't make no sense. And, and my mom said to me, well, why don't you go preach? Because here it is. I, my criticalness was an indication of one of my passions that I would have, which was preaching. Earlier on, I didn't even notice it, but it was breadcrumbs that led me to understanding that maybe, maybe, maybe the reason why they're preaching ain't doing it for me is because I'm supposed to be preaching myself. Sometimes God, the reason why you're so irritated about a thing because you're complaining about them and God is waiting on you to step out and do the thing that he's birthing you to do but you won't do it because you ain't got a degree. You won't do it because you ain't got enough support. You won't do it because you ain't got enough money. Instead of criticizing everybody else, do something constructive and say, maybe I need to do it myself preach Pastor Corey. Always got something to say, but nothing never to do. Do it yourself. And I I not only knew that, that I was called to be a, a people helper just by my criticalness of preaching. Whenever I graduated high school, I wanted to be a first generation graduate. So I decided that guess what? I'm gonna go to school. And me in my young mindset, I've always said this, that I want my own business. I ain't working for no man. I'ma be the man. And then, they put me in a class called Business Calculus. <laughs> they put me in a class called Business Calculus. I ain't never seen no 32 in school. Until I took Business Calculus, I'm like, Lord, uh, <laughs> I'm in America. I'm, I'm getting tutoring. I'm getting. I got study partners. I got all these people trying to help me, and I ain't got it. So I said, maybe I maybe I need to rethink this thing. <laughs> and, and and so I noticed that 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 it wouldn't classes like business calculus and and and, and geometry and, and and reading and things that capture my interest. But the classes that I would love the most would be classes like anthropology the study of cultures in various societies. I, I, love, I love classes like psychology, the, studying the mind of people and why they do certain stuff. I love classes like social statistics and social, sociology, those, those, those people classes, which led me ultimately to getting my degree in social work with a minor in counseling, but it was all breadcrumbs. Still, I had in my mind that I would be sitting behind the desk counseling people. But as I kept walking, responding to how God wired me, responding to these interests, responding to these areas that broke my heart, I didn't realize that God would use the breadcrumbs of those particular things to lead me to my purpose. But the reason why, the reason why I got there is because I had a willingness, watch this, to move. Because you never catch purpose being still. Oh, God. I, I, I'm trying to help somebody this morning because you got to get clear on your purpose. Here it is. You never run into your purpose being still. You got to do something. And some of you, you will never find your purpose because you're unwilling to serve. I come to tell somebody, the minute you start serving, the minute you'll start finding your purpose. The minute you start helping somebody is the minute you'll start finding your purpose. The minute you start taking the onus and focus off of yourself and trying to figure out how can I help and better somebody else is the minute you'll find your purpose. Somebody say, keep walking. Keep walking. So here it is, family. So watch this. How even if you don't know your specific purpose, you have a universal purpose. And and, and once a person starts to impact your, pur- your purpose negatively, that then makes that person toxic. So we got to run a definition. If you're taking notes, write this down. A toxic person is someone that hinders you from walking in purpose. (laughs) Is this helping anybody? Yeah, a toxic person is someone that hinders you from walking in purpose. As a believer, if they're impacting your purpose negatively That person is toxic. Hear me, watch this. Look at me, look at me. It does not mean that person is bad. It just means that person is bad for you. Y'all missed it. It does not mean that that person is bad. It just means that person might be bad for you. Let me be clear. This is not. Judgmentalism. This is about making good judgment for your life. See, see, people will, will make you feel like you're judging when it's not judging; it's assessing. <laughs> good God, people! I'm mean, gonna say it one more time: people will make it seem like you're judging them when you're not judging them; you're assessing them. And they say stuff like, like, don't the Bible say? only God can judge me. When they start scratching their forehead with their thumb, you just know they finna quote something that they done tattooed on them and done tried to make it a scripture. Don't the Bible say that only God can judge me? No, that ain't even Bible. That's Tupac. That's, that. that's Machiavelli. Like, like that ain't, that ain't even in the book. No, when it comes to my life, I have the right as a believer. I don't judge you, but I got to assess you because I have to make sure that you're safe for my life. Somebody say, yeah. Here it is. I'm trying to help somebody. Am I helping anybody? Am I helping anybody online? I'm trying to take my time. I hope y'all are getting this. Pray for your pastor because your pastor. I, I'm allergic to shellfish. I, I'm allergic to. Yeah, I know somebody said. Oh, <laughs> every now and then I just still be like YOLO, <laughs> like giving <me> them shrimp. <laughs> My stomach started having a reaction. Like. I develop a late allergy to it. This is worse. This is what makes it bad because I develop a late allergy to shellfish. So so I know how good it tastes and now I can't have it no more. So I, I can't eat for all my Louisiana members. I can't eat no crawfish, but I love a good crawfish broil. I, I love some shrimp. I, I love a good crab cake. I'm making y'all hungry right now. Some of y'all getting ready to go. Come back. You, you got your minds on Joe's Crab Shack now. Like, come back. <laughs> come back. But every now and then when we go out to a a, a, a restaurant, a seafood restaurant, and I get an a item, I have to ask them, does this item that I'm ordering have shellfish in it? Is that being rude? No, no, no. Right. I'm being I'm being real. That's inspection. Hear me? Because if I don't ex- inspect what I'm consuming, I can possibly eat something that's going to make me sick. Yeah, come here. And not only does it have the potential to make me sick, it has the potential to kill my body. So when I'm Inspecting And when I'm assessing, wondering, and looking for the fruit, I got to know what's in you because I need to know if something is in you that will cause me to have a spiritual allergic reaction that's going to hurt my relationship with God. So no, I'm not judging you. I'm inspecting you because I got to see if you're safe for my life. God, everybody's oh yeah, you know, yeah. You know, some people are just simply not safe. And it doesn't mean that you're bad, it just means that you're not good for me. Oh God, the Bible says, by their fruit you will recognize them. Watch this. The text says, You will know them by their fruit. Yeah, yeah. Not by what they say, but by what their fruit. But by what they do, the Bible says you will know them by their fruit, not by how they look. Well, God. Help me in here. Not by how they look, but by what they do. So just because somebody is fine enough to date, it doesn't mean that they're healthy enough to be with. Ah, God, I'm trying to talk to somebody in here. I'm trying to help some singles out. Let me say it one more time. Just because they're fine enough to date, they may not be healthy enough to be with. Because I got to see some fruit. Show me the fruit. Somebody can be intelligent enough to do business with, but I need to know if you're integrous enough to attach my name on the LLC. Because you got to show me the fruit. Somebody say, show me the fruit. So in these last next few moments, I want to help you practically. How do we inspect the fruit. Somebody say, how do we inspect the fruit? How do we inspect the fruit? The, the first way, write this down on how we, we, we go about fruit inspection is proximity. Somebody say proximity. I'm in, I'm in the text. I'm in the Bible. The Bible says in the scriptures and in, in Matthew Chapter 11, verse 13 that we read earlier, it says, seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out that it had any fruit. And when he reached it, watch this, he found nothing. What does the text say? What did he find? But leaves. (laughs) Y'all see it. Is that not what the text says? Is that what it says? So watch this. When when Jesus was far from the tree, he didn't know what was on the tree. But the minute he got close, he clearly discovered that there was nothing on the tree. And as long, watch this, as Jesus was in the distance... He couldn't determine what was on the tree. This is why dating is so important because dating is a tool you use for gathering information. Because I need to get close enough to determine what's on the tree. Because some things, watch this, hear me out, you won't see until you get close enough. <laughs> This is not just relationally, romantically. This is platonically. This applies to even friendships. This applies to business and professionalism. that That there are some people, watch this, you won't know what's in them until you get close enough. And here's the key. Watch this. The key, hear me family, is not to overly invest yourself in a relationship before you've seen enough. Oh, because what happens is when we invest too much in the beginning only to find out later that this person is unsafe. Can, can, I, can I bring my my, my my degree? Can I bring my uh, academic training to the text? Can I do it? I know I did it last week. I just can't help it now. I, I'm all about helping people, so I got to bring my academic training to the text. Can I bring my academic training to the text, HG? Can can I psychologize while I theologize? Somebody like, I don't even know what that means, but yeah, pastor, just, okay, let me, (laughs) can I psychologize while I theologize? There is a term in psychology circles known as sunk cost fallacy. It's called sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy is when you try to recover your investment by holding on to it because you cannot accept that it's no longer working. Uh, So in other words, sunk cost fallacy is when you hang on to someone or something based off the past rather than future utility. Have you ever had a shirt or dress in the closet that you hadn't worn in years, but you were reluctant to get rid of it, and you say, I can't throw that away, I spent too much money on it. Y'all gonna leave your pastor out here? Let me see if I got somebody online. Yeah, I'm gonna ask. Have you ever had a shirt, dress, or something in your closet that that you hadn't worn in years, and you, as a result of your investment, that what you paid for it, you would not throw it away? So you hung on to it or try to wear it, but you look silly trying to wear stuff you don't fit no more. Watch this, including relationships. big Mike, I'm preaching up in here. You look silly trying to wear clothes. You don't fit no more, including relationships. Since I've been in this recovery season, if y'all notice, your pastor done lost a little weight. <sighs> I'm trying not to be vain, but I'm on camera. And every now and then, Cesare, I can't help myself. I done lost a little weight. That quarantine weight came for you, boy. Like it came for almost everybody. And I wasn't even able to button this up. <laughs> and if you know my wife, my wife was doing some cleaning the other day, and my wife, she is the type, she throws away everything. She throws, yeah, George knows. She throws away, er, not everything, er, everything. I remember one time I got something in the mail and uh, it's a birthday card. I'm like, i like, I was gonna read it later and I went to go looking for it. I said, babe, where's that birthday card at? Oh, I just, I took the money out of it. I took I threw the birthday card away. I'm like, it was my birthday. <laughs> it was my birthday. I just thought, it, you know, I just thought, it, you know, we, we don't keep birthday cards like that. So, like, if you ever want to pass a birthday card, don't send it. <laughs> I'm sorry, babe, for telling all you. <laughs> she is going to throw it away. So, the other day, we were cleaning out our closet, and she's going through her stuff. And, you know, she, 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 she's going through it. And she asked me, she says, babe, do you have anything in your closet that you want to get rid of? I said, no. Right off the bat. No, nah, I'm good. But then I started to think about that thing. And I started to think about that thing some more, Big Mike. And I realized, I said, there might be some polos that are real nice, but they're too big. There might be some jeans that are real nice, but they're too big. And, and guess what? I don't ever plan on going back to that weight again. Be- because I've gotten healthy enough, and so I'm not going to keep something in my closet that that will literally draw me back to the weight that I was previously unhealthy out of. And, and what's killing some of you is not your in- inability to change. What's killing you is you keep keeping things in the closet that's waiting on you to go back to that unhealthy situation and unhealthy thing. But I want somebody to type in the chat, I've grown too much since then. I need somebody to type in the chat I've grown too much since then, I've grown too much since since that relationship I've grown too much since that conversation I've grown too much since that job and I am going to get rid of it out of the closet of my life because it does not fit me anymore I come to let somebody know you got some things in your life don't fit you anymore that mentality don't fit you anymore that attitude don't fit you anymore. That conversation don't fit you anymore. That friend don't fit you anymore. That co-worker don't fit you anymore. That boyfriend don't fit you anymore. That girlfriend don't fit you anymore because you have grown too much while everybody was panicking. You were praying in this season. Why everybody was going through the emotions? You got closer to God in this season, and now when they try to put on you, you are wondering why you're irritated. You're, you're wondering why you're frustrated. You wonder why you why you get angry. You wonder why it feels empty, and it's because it does not fit you anymore. And you gotta make up in your mind to stop putting on stuff, stop putting on relationships that no longer fit you or your purpose. Somebody say yeah. It don't fit anymore. It, it, it don't fit. You look, you look silly, silly. Trying to wear something that don't fit. I wanted to bring a real small t-shirt because I need y'all to see it. Because y'all was going to laugh. But that's what we look like wearing old relationships. Uncomfortable. Tight. Irritated. And here it is. You won't see enough until you get close enough. Secondly, is not just proximity. Somebody say process of time. Process of time in seasons. Right. Process of time in seasons. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. A- at this point in late spring, most figs haven't developed mature fruit, but this particular tree, G- uh, tree that draws Jesus' attention, it draws it because it's already uh, has a full covering of leaves. It's an early broomer. It's, it's foliage signals that it should have early figs. In other words, hear me out. Jesus is saying, I'm not expecting that this tree be all the way there, but I do have an expectation for this tree to show signs of progress. Ah, but this tree that I'm looking at is all leaves, no fruit. Ah, that that from the leaves that I see on this tree, I should see some fruit by now. This is why whenever you're getting ready to to date, you don't marry by potential, you marry by pattern. (laughs) Because what we'll do, we'll get stuck on the tree and you say, you know what, we all got areas we working on. We all got areas that we need to grow in. And and we we link ourselves up with people who have potential but have not exhibited the pattern that they're going to get there. And so we got to learn not to look at potential, but we have to look at the pattern. And sometimes you don't know what's in a person until a certain period of time. This is why they they characterize the, the honeymoon phase. Because nothing reveals a person's character like time. Some things you won't, you won't get until you wait them out. And then it's not only time, it's seasons. Somebody say seasons. Se- seasons because sometimes it's not, long, it's, it's not how long you've been together, it's how many seasons have you gone through together. Because you don't know who they are until a certain season hit their life and it unveils some things that you previously didn't see in the previous season. (laughs) So I need to not only have some time with you, I need to have some seasons with you in order to determine the fruit that's on your tree. Jesus, he exemplifies this, and I'm getting ready to be done. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't, does not know his master's business. He says, instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. I want you to notice that when Jesus decided to make his disciples friends instead of servants, we're well into John chapter 15 when he does it, but he starts off the relationship with them in John chapter one. Y'all missed it. We're well into John chapter 15 when he makes this determination, but he connects with the disciples in John chapter 1. What are you saying, Pastor Corey? I'm saying he took his disciples and went through John chapter 1, John chapter 2, John chapter 3, John chapter 4, John chapter 5. John chapter 6, all the way to 15, before he says, I'm no longer calling you service, now you're my friend. Watch this, now you can handle the master business. I had to go through the process of time and some seasons with you. Now that I've seen enough fruit in your life, I know that you can handle my business. Uh, God, who am I talking to? Some of you, watch this, you're, the reason why you keep getting hurt is because you keep sharing your business with people you ain't walked long enough with and through enough seasons with. And so it is that you got to wait them out like Jesus and say... Are you safe enough to handle my business because everybody can't handle your business. Somebody say, everybody can't handle your business. Everybody can't handle your business. <laughs> and so you got to wait them out. I'm done. Big Mike, you can start playing. The last thing is not just proximity. It's not just the process of time. The last thing is prayer. Somebody say prayer. Somebody say prayer. <laughs> the Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 69 it says, oh Lord, listen to my cry. Give me the discerning mind you promise. Hear me out. Prayer gives us discernment and the ability to to see beyond what people present. It helps you to see past what they present and see the intentions of why they arrived. Their intentions, their motives, their reasoning. But here it is, you're not going to get it without a prayer life. That relationship, that that connection, that job that you're considering, you're going to have to pray, hear me out, because you don't know if it's God or the enemy. Or even you. (laughs) Because just like how God sends people, the enemy does too. I'll say it one more time. Just like how God sends people, the enemy sends people too. And you have to have enough discernment enough to say, God, is this you or is this the enemy? Show me the fruit. Somebody say, show me the fruit. Because everybody that calls themselves a Christian ain't a Christian. (laughs) I'll say it one more time. Everybody that calls themselves a believer ain't a believer. And I'm not saying that we ought to just hang out with believers because we got to do life and we got co-workers who are not saved. But when it comes to partners, we're talking about connecting our life to partners, people that enhance our purpose in life, partners. When it comes to partners, they at least got to be a believer. Y'all hear me? Bible talks about being unequally yoked. So everybody that comes in sheep ain't a sheep. Sometimes it's a wolf and sheepskin. But how do you know if it's a wolf and sheepskin? Watch their appetite. Because a wolf don't eat grass. A wolf has to have meat. It's a carnivore. So in other words, if they're hurting me and killing me, it ain't love. If you don't have an appetite for God, if you don't have an appetite for the things of God, you may not be somebody that's a, that's purpose, purposeful in my life. You might be toxic. You might be bad, not a bad person, just bad for me. Right. And I believe that God this morning wanted to highlight these things so we can ask our questions and be intentional with asking the question with people we're connected to, with people who we do life with, with people who we hire. But people who, who who we want to advance with do they have the fruit? And the simple prayer this morning, if you'll just lift your hands right wherever you're at. the simple prayer this morning, just want to pray over your life and I want you to repeat after me, Lord, show me the fruit. Repeat it one more time. Lord, show me the fruit, not just in others, but in myself. Because relationships is not just about finding the right person. It's about becoming the right person. Good God. Help me to become what I'm looking for. Help me to become what I need in my life. And we'll forever give you the glory. We'll forever give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We hope you really enjoyed today's message. If you did, here's your opportunity to partner with us on today. You can partner by giving via Cash App, Dollar Sign, Heavenly Gospel Church, or go to hglovespeople.com. Press the Give button and give whatever amount that you would love to give on today. Again, be blessed and thank you for tuning in.